Well, I want to talk to you today about resurrection courage. As much as any other time in human history, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs courage. Would you agree with me? We need resurrection courage. We see this in the, with the early disciples who were fearful for their lives after the crucifixion of Jesus, hiding out, thinking they were going to come after them and kill them just like they did Jesus But after the resurrection, we see a boldness and a confidence, a courage come into the church. Fear is the tool of the enemy to hold men in bondage to lesser desires and impulses. Love is the power of God that sets men free from fear and propels them forward in faith. The resurrection of Christ is the most powerful event in human and redemptive history because of Christ's resurrection We have the power to walk by faith through any and all circumstances, especially those that tempt us to be fearful. The resurrection of Christ is the culmination of the greatest expression of love ever demonstrated. It is God's perfect love that cast out fear. And in the fullness of God's love, Christ was raised from the dead. And Christ, we too, are raised up in his love. The resurrection is the expression of the Father's perfect and complete love for Christ and for all who are his. Jesus did not only die for us, he ever lives to make intercession on our behalf. So too do we live in him. That is good news. Amen? Be of good courage. Jesus is risen. I'm going to read two text to you today, one from Mark's gospel and one from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the tomb had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the nearby tomb, for they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 8 and verse 11. The Apostle Paul writes, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you were saved, if you hold fast that word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried 
and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve, and after that he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to this present. But some have fallen asleep, and after that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. That is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gospel of Christ. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us your word. Lord, as a record, as a record of your plan, of your purpose, of your story that is still being written in what we call history, Father, we thank you for the good news of the gospel. We thank you that Jesus did not just die, but Jesus is risen. That the Christ who died on the cross, who was crucified for us, who shed his blood that our sins would be taken away, that Christ has been resurrected from the dead, has conquered death, has ascended to the Father, sits at the majesty on high, who lives now to make intercession for us, And we are his people redeemed by his blood. Father, I pray that you would grant to your people the courage necessary to live as witnesses for you in this world. To not fear men, but to fear God. To look to the word of God and look to the God of resurrection. The God who says there is nothing too difficult for me. Father, I pray that we would look to you and trust in you as our only hope in life and death. We thank you for the good news that Christ is risen. We proclaim it boldly. We proclaim it loudly. Father, help us proclaim it with our lives as we courageously live for you and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. The resurrection is good news. It is Easter Sunday. This, as well as every other Sunday, is Resurrection Sunday. It's why we worship on Sunday. The women went to the tomb on the first day of the week, that Sunday. Of course, the Jews didn't call it Sunday. You do realize that. The names of our days of the week are Roman gods. People say, I don't, I don't, I don't um, observe Easter because it's named after a pagan god. Well, you observe Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Because they're all named after pagan gods. And we all own calendars with the names of those pagan gods that represent the days of the week. By the way, all the months also worship are, are, are named after pagan gods. The Jews numbered their days of the week. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a calendar with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on it. There's not. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. You know why? Because Jesus has redeemed it all. Though we, those gods are such distant memories, most people don't even know what the days of the week mean. Most people don't even know what the, day, the, the months of the year mean. Those gods have been obliterated by the king and the Lord, the God of gods, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's, re- he's redeemed it all. So don't be afraid of the name Easter 
And don't be afraid of Sunday. And don't be afraid of Saturday. Don't be afraid at all. Be courageous. And know that Jesus has redeemed it all. He's conquered all. He is the Lord of all. When we consider the resurrection, we are left with only two options. Accept the resurrection of the Lord Jesus as reality or reject it. There is no middle ground. Jesus is risen or he is not. It's that simple. There's no in-between here. Christ is Lord of all or not Lord at all. The resurrection of Christ is the most significant event in all of history. Jesus is not simply another prophet or teacher. He was not a man with a Messiah complex. He is, in fact, the Messiah. He's not like Buddha. Buddha didn't believe in God. Buddha just wanted to create a better life for humanity. And so he thought, well, here's some wise things that people can do to make their life better. All great, all good, but Buddha can't save you. No other God can save you. No other way of life can save you. Only Jesus can save us. Jesus of Nazareth is the Christ. He is the only begotten son of the living God. He was crucified, died, and was buried. And on the third day, he was resurrected from the dead. He ascended to the Father, and he sits at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is not the founder of another world religion. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus is the Lord of glory. His glory and his kingdom shall fill the earth and all creation. He is head over all things, meaning all things have been placed in subjection under him. He reigns supreme and he does not share his glory. There's not going to be a council of gods one day Ruling the universe, coexisting together. I don't care what the bumper sticker says. It's a lie. Now, we should love our fellow man, and we should get along with everyone as much as we can, but never to the point that we compromise the truth. Never to the point that we give in and say, well, yes, Jesus is just one of many ways. It's just the way I've chosen. No, he's not the one of many ways. He's not even the one of a few ways. He is the only way, the one and only way. He is risen. Jesus is in fact who the scripture and who he declares himself to be. He is the Christ. He is the son of God who has overcome sin and conquered death. The resurrection of Christ means that Jesus is Lord and King. And that is supremely good news for us today. God is not on trial We often talk about God as though he's the one on trial here. God is not on trial. God is not the defendant attempting to give enough evidence and testimony to acquit himself of being a myth created by the figment of man's imagination. That's not who God is. No, that's not at all what's happening. Man, not God, is on trial. And man is guilty, and the verdict is already handed down. Man was tried and found guilty of rebellion against God, and the sentence announced is death. Adam and Eve, our first parents, brought this guilt upon all mankind. And since then, all creation continues under the condemnation of sin and death. This is true whether men believe it or not. The truth is not dependent upon whether men believe it. 
the truth is the truth. We are already condemned. We were already condemned when Jesus came to save us. He didn't come to condemn us. He came to save us. We were already under the condemnation of sin. Jesus came and took in himself the wrath due all of God's people, chosen in him before the foundation of the world. We are guilty, but Jesus took our sin and God's wrath that we would be declared justified before the Father. That is good news for all who trust in Jesus. The resurrection means the atonement and salvation provided in Jesus is effectual for all who belong to him. In other words, there is not one drop of his blood that was wasted, not one. The resurrection is our victory. The resurrection of Christ means that the promised seed of the woman foretold in Genesis 3.15 has come and he has conquered. Listen to the promise God gave to mankind when there was just one man and one woman in the garden and a serpent who had come to deceive them. And God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. As promised, Christ was crucified. His heel was bruised as he crushed the head of the serpent, but death could not hold the Lord of life. Jesus Christ, the child of Mary, the son of God, is risen indeed. In Christ's resurrection, he conquered death and the grave and made a way for us where there was no way. Christ is the first fruits of resurrection. That means there are more to come, more to follow. And everyone who trusts in Christ will follow. Every body who belongs to Jesus shall one day bodily follow him in resurrection. At the sounding of the last trump, at that trumpet sound, the body of every saved soul will one day be raised up in glory. One day for every believer whose body sleeps in Jesus, as well as those who are alive and remain at his coming, mortality will put on immortality. Corruption will put on incorruption. And weakness will put on power. As Paul writes, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. This is the power, the promise, and the victory of his resurrection. On that day, when the trump of God sounds, all the dead will rise. Do you hear me? All the dead will rise. The question is not what dead will rise. The question is what will the, rise, the dead rise to? What will the dead rise to? C.S. Lewis correctly points out there are no mortal people. For those who put their trust in the risen Christ, they will be resurrected to eternal life and glory. For those who reject the risen Jesus, they will be resurrected to eternal death and darkness, not annihilation, but wrath. Many believe that is an unloving belief or concept. The Bible does not call it unloving, just the opposite. The Bible calls it justice. And justice exists because there is a loving God who makes sure justice is carried out.
For those who choose to walk the path of life in Christ, his is the way that leads to life in the presence of God. Psalm 1611, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. For those who choose to reject the path of life, there is certain judgment. And every soul who rejects Christ makes their choice. And apart from God's saving grace, God will allow each choice to stand. The good news for many is that life on earth will be as close to hell as they will ever come. For many more, life on earth will be as close to heaven as they will ever come. God tells his people, I set before you this day life and death choose life. This is why we are commanded to proclaim Christ to all. Christ is the way. The scripture teaches there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is death. There is only one way, only one door to life. It is Jesus Christ. Matthew 7, 13 and 14, Jesus said these words to his disciples, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Jesus said to his disciples on the night before he was crucified, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way, no other door, no other Savior, no other belief system. There are not enough good works or good intentions by which man may be saved. The only way to salvation is through faith in the risen Christ. This is why the resurrection gives us hope. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the is the day of salvation. The Lord and his resurrection are not on trial to be judged worthy of belief. Many people expend a lot of energy trying to convince people that the resurrection really happened, that Jesus really lived, and that he really is the Savior. And like I always say, if a man can talk you into believing in Jesus, there's another man that can talk you out of believing. But if God opens your heart and opens your eyes and heals you of your spiritual blindness and you can by faith see Jesus because God has opened the blindness of your heart and your eyes and God puts faith in your heart and you become a new creation, and the old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. If you are that person who has been born again by the power of God, there is no man on earth, and there is no devil in hell that will ever talk you out of believing in Jesus. Because it wasn't man who gave you that faith to begin with, it is the Lord of glory who gives you that faith. 
So God is not the one being judged worthy of belief. It's not our responsibility to convince people to believe. It is our responsibility to obey Jesus and command men to trust Jesus for their salvation. We are commanded to take the gospel to the world and to make disciples of Christ. It is not the power of human reasoning that brings men to faith in Christ. It is the power of God through the gospel that saves all who will believe. God in his power and grace alone saves men. Though that is true, God has chosen to save men through the preaching of the gospel from the frail lips and the frail lives of men. Only God can change our heart. Only God can take us who were once darkness and make us light in the Lord. There is an urgency to make the gospel known now. The only hope humanity has, the only hope that we have is in Christ. If we do not have Christ, we do not have hope. If we have Christ, we have an eternal hope. Christ alone determines our ultimate hope. And so no matter what our station is in life, the risen Christ gives us hope. And the resurrection gives us new life. Easter is the celebration of Christ's resurrection. If we have been crucified with Christ, we have also been raised in his life. I love Galatians 2.20, where Paul writes, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. If we have been crucified with Christ, we have also been raised in his life. And Christ, the resurrection power of his spirit, works in us to conform us to the very image and likeness of Christ. Romans 6, 4 through 6, Paul writes, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. In fact, now, in the power of his resurrection, we are to be slaves of God in righteousness and holiness. We are to be set apart for his service and for his glory. This is why not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together is a command given to us by God. We assemble each week as the body of the risen Christ to worship the one who gave himself for us. He gave himself so that we, his assembly of called out ones, otherwise known as the church, he gave himself so that we would give ourself to fill this earth with his glorious image. Paul writes, our life is not our own. We've been bought with a price. We've been purchased by the blood of Jesus. This is why we say, what we do for Christ, we do in all of our life. In everything we do, in our work, in our play, in our worship, everything is worship. Everything is. Because everything we do, we do before God. 
We do in the presence of God. We live in the presence of God. We assemble to worship and to be equipped to go out and to do the work of ministry. In short, that work is to proclaim the gospel and to make disciples. This is not the work of professional clergy. Well, that's why we hire a pastor. He's the one that's supposed to do that. No. We are all believers. We are all children of God. I am to equip you for the work of ministry so that we all go out and we all proclaim the gospel and we all make disciples and we all are filling the earth with the glorious image of God. This is how the knowledge of the glory of God will fill the earth and, and, and cover it as the waters cover the sea. Just as those first women who unsuspectingly went to the tomb to finish preparing the body of Jesus for burial. That's what they went there for. They didn't go there thinking they were going to meet the resurrected Christ. They went there fully expecting the tomb to be sealed and the body to still be in there. The day before, they had bought spices. Or two days before, actually, because the day before would have been the Sabbath. So between the crucifixion and between that Sunday morning, they bought spices to go to the tomb to prepare the body of Jesus. And when they got there, Jesus is risen. He's not there. Paul was an angry, self-righteous Pharisee on his way to persecute Christ. He didn't know that. He was persecuting the church. But Jesus knocks him off his high horse or his high donkey and says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? You notice Jesus didn't say, why do you persecute my church? He said, why do you persecute me? You see, Jesus didn't separate himself from his church. Jesus didn't separate himself from his bride. They were one. And so as Paul was persecuting the church, he was unsuspectingly persecuting Christ, the very God, the very Lord that he sought to worship through that persecution. And just like those women and just like Paul, we are called to give witness to Christ, our risen Savior. From the least to the greatest, there have been countless witnesses to the risen Christ. Every believer is to give witness to Christ, and we give that witness in all of our life. We are to live with the purpose of giving witness to Christ for his glory. The resurrection gives us inspiration, and it should give us courage. God wants us to be inspired to believe. He wants us to be courageous. I pray you are inspired to trust God, to find hope in every hopeless situation, and to be courageous in him. We must know that our hope is not in the natural resources of this world, but in the supernatural resources of the resurrected Lord. You can lose everything in this life and not lose hope in Jesus. You can become destitute and own absolutely nothing and still have hope in Jesus. How do I know that? 
because history is full of people just like that. We have come here today, April 4th, 2021. We have come here on the backs of those who have gone before us, who have laid down their lives, men and women who became destitute in this life, destitute in this world, who possessed nothing but their hope in Christ. And you might wonder, how could God build a church on that? Doesn't it take money to build a church? Let me tell you what, money is the least of God's problem. And God's people can't be worried about money. God uses money. He gives us money to do all kinds of things. He gave us money through an unsuspecting, unknown source to build that building next door. We weren't looking for it. It just literally fell right in our laps. That's how God works. That's what God can do. So don't ever believe you're hopeless because you're never hopeless if you're in Christ. And if your situation and your circumstance looks so dead that there's no hope left, well, trust and be hopeful because God is the God of resurrection. He knows how to raise up dead things and bring them back to life. We must know that our hope is in Christ. We must believe I pray you are inspired to believe for your own salvation, but also for the salvation of others, even the world. We serve the God of resurrection. Nothing is too difficult for him. God calls life out of death. He calls light out of darkness. Jesus has overcome sin. He has conquered death. God gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. This is the gospel we are inspired to live. This is our God. We are all people. We of all people should never see the impossible. We should never see the impossibility. We should see God. That doesn't mean hard and impossible situations will never come because they surely will. It does mean that we look to God and we trust that his kingdom come and his will be done in every situation, in every circumstance. It means we trust him with the outcomes, even when the outcomes are not the ones we want. And that very often happens in life. Our hope is real, even when our situations and our circumstances in this world do not work out as we wish, even when that impossible circumstance remains. Our hope goes beyond all of our seeming failures and and beyond all of our seeming successes. Our hope in Christ is far greater than our dreams and far greater than our nightmares. God is always moving. He is always working. In the midst of all that seems wrong, know that God is working. In the midst of all that seems right, know that God is working. God is always bringing about his plan and his purpose for his glory in all things. For this, for those called who love him, he is working all things together for good. This is the promise of Romans 8, 28. 
most of us probably have that scripture memorized and we quote it quite frequently. But I want to submit to you that scripture is much more powerful than we realize. The promise is much more powerful than we realize. Jesus is the risen Savior. God is the God of resurrection. Nothing is too difficult for Him. Trust Him. Obey Him. Follow Him courageously. Easter is one day a year, but the celebration of the risen Christ should be a part of our life daily. Each week we assemble together corporately. Each week we come to the table of the Lord to proclaim his death, to thank God for the body and the blood of the risen Christ, given for us that we would become his people. This is the good news of the resurrection. If you have never trusted in Jesus, you can trust in him right now. There is no formula that saves us. There is no magic prayer that saves us. Only Jesus saves us. And Jesus will not reject a cry from a heart seeking salvation. You don't have to come down and shake the preacher's hand to be saved. You just have to cry out to Jesus from your heart in faith. Call upon him. His promise is those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This table is a table of thanksgiving. We proclaim the death of Jesus and we give thanks for it. And we will do this until he comes again. Therefore, we also proclaim his life. And we believe Jesus is absolutely present at this table, not because bread and, and juice turn into the body and the blood of Jesus. We believe Jesus is present at this table because you're present at this table. I'm present at this table. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Did you catch that? Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have hope in Jesus because Jesus lives in you. We are the covenant people of God. And if you count yourself a covenant member of God's family, it doesn't matter how small you are or how big you are, how young you are or how old you are. If you are covenant members, come to his table. If you're not sure whether you trust in Jesus, Trust him and be sure that he will save you. Christian, welcome to the table. Let's all stand. I hope you believe this. I hope you believe that we're living in exciting times. I hope you're not dismayed by the things that you see and the things that you hear and the things that you experience. They are exciting times but they are also trying times. But God knew when he formed you in, his, in, in your mother's womb, God knew when he called you 
in him before the foundations of the world. God knew that you would be put on this earth for such a time as this. Esther is not unique. It wasn't just Esther who could say, for such a time as this, I came into the kingdom. We can say, for such a time as this, we have come into the kingdom. Because Christ is risen, we no longer have reason to fear. God's perfect love has been revealed and all fear is cast out. It is time to be courageous for Christ. Be inspired. Let your light shine. Let your witness be known. Do not hide your light and do not keep quiet. Let the good news of Christ be heard and seen loud and clear in all things, in all of life. We have every reason to believe, every reason to obey, every reason to hope, and every reason to be, in, to be courageous in Jesus. He is risen. He is the king. Amen.